Just a reminder, unfuckers, that you can subscribe for free on Substack and have the essays our episodes are derived from delivered right to your inbox. Just go to unftr.substack.com. You can also follow us on the Twitters at unftrpod. That's at unftrpod. And lastly, a huge thank you to all of you who have downloaded, subscribed, and rated the show. Let's just say that the response has far exceeded our expectations, especially for a new show. So we're deeply humbled that you've chosen to include us in your listening schedule. Be sure to tell a friend so we can keep rocking over here. And with that, let's do some unfucking. I invite you to join me in an experiment, dear unfuckers. Too often in today's nasty cancel culture, it seems like we're canceling the wrong people, while other deserving figures get by unscathed. And while the subject of this episode, heiress and alt-right heroine Rebecca Mercer, is as of deserving of cancellation as anyone who has used power and money for nefarious purposes, her aversion to the spotlight essentially renders her immune. It's like she wears a zero-fuck invisibility cloak, so we'll have to go about it a different way. So here's the experiment. We're going to try and crowdsource some audio outreach. I know this is a bit indulgent, but if we share it widely, maybe, just maybe, we can get her or her people to listen to our love letter and accept our offer of redemption. If you're not familiar with our protagonist, fear not. We'll still deliver some helpful context along the way as we unfuck the alt-right piggy bank and tall drink of tomato juice, Rebecca Mercer, middle daughter of uber-wealthy and super-secretive conservative hedge fund magnate, Robert Mercer. Oh, my friends, we are fucked. Deliciously, unreservedly, catastrophically fucked. And not the good kind. We'll traverse this audio journey together to upend conventional wisdom, blow up narratives on the left, right, and middle, and use magical devices like facts, logic, and reason to explain how exactly we arrived in Bizarro America, the funhouse mirror version of what was originally intended. Dear Rebecca, I see you. We see you. As quiet as you and your family are, we know what you do. What remains a mystery, my lanky ginger socialite, is why. Why do you do the things you do? To brush off your actions as the result of some sort of daddy issue seems reductive. I suppose we could chalk it up to middle child syndrome, especially given your sister's proclivities to super-fucking-cool hobbies. Older sister Jen, or Genji, is a passionate equestrian. And little sister Heather Sue is a fucking professional poker player. I mean, come on. But being the middle child without a cool hobby doesn't really justify the hate in your heart. And if your siblings are normal and eminently hangout-withable, then we can't dismiss it as a simple daddy issue. No, something else is going on. A decade ago, Rebecca Mercer was relatively unknown in conservative political circles. But in recent years, Mercer, the daughter of a reclusive billionaire, has shot to political prominence as an elite donor. Rebecca has a few superpowers. First off, she's brilliant. A Stanford grad with a ferocious work ethic. Then there's access. Most certainly a superpower unto itself. She has access in the right circles and access to a monstrous amount of capital wielded through her family foundation. Now, the Mercers aren't part of any group or cabal. They don't pledge allegiance to party or policy. There's no grand tradition they're trying to uphold or legacy they're trying to maintain. It's all rather new. And this newness, 
The overwhelming speed with which they deploy data to twist reality, the total darkness in which they exist, is kind of terrifying. Let's start with some of her accomplishments and those of her father so you can fully appreciate the magnitude of their contributions to destroying society. Coming into 2016, the Mercers were actually the biggest money backers of Ted Cruz. The secret little weapon they possessed was a company called Cambridge Analytica, a data mining firm that secretly gathered data on millions of Facebook users. And then... Why do you lie? Donald, Why adults do you lie? learn not to interrupt him. Why do you lie? Donald learned... You pushed him. Donald, adults learn not to interrupt him. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're an right. Donald J. Trump surprised everyone by walking away with the GOP nomination, and they dropped Cruz like a bad habit. And like that, Rebecca Mercer flew into the Trump campaign with money, data, and people. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. The money was sorely needed by Trump at the time. The data would prove to be massively useful in shoveling bullshit narratives in front of unsuspecting Facebook users. And the people, well, they're pretty well known by now. If Trump wanted the money and the data, he would have to take Steve Bannon and Kellyanne Conway, a match made in hell. Robert Mercer has been uh, really the, the chief source of financing for Bannon's kind of nationalist movement. Rebecca landed a spot on the Trump transition team and had a heavy hand in picking that glorious cabinet. It should be noted that only Betsy DeVos and Ben Carson made it all four years, and the rest of them either quit in disgust and wrote books about it, were fired by a tweet, or indicted. And there's a good chance Ben Carson is still asleep in a social services building somewhere. Steve Bannon, in particular, was already suckling from the Mercer tit coming into 2016. The Mercers had bankrolled Bannon's book and documentary project, Clinton Cash, which was designed to ruin the Clintons on the eve of the election. Until then, Bannon had also been in charge of Breitbart News, the alt-right news mouthpiece that regularly spewed anti-Semitic, racist, and Islamophobic vitriol. It was here he worked closely with Rebecca, who was apparently involved down to the microscopic story-level detail as an editor of sorts. The money for Breitbart, unsurprisingly also came from the Mercers. It has been suggested by a handful of people close to you and courageous enough to speak out, my love, that you have no social or political endgame, that chaos and volatility are the only outcomes you desire. To most, this may be perceived as pure evil, but I believe there to be more going on. What we perceive as evil, a state of perpetual chaos, may not at all appear to be so in your brilliant mind. Chaos theory is unto itself a familiar paradox to your family. A state in mathematics where even the most seemingly random behaviors are actually part of a highly sophisticated system of governed variables. This is, after all, how you came about your fortune. If not for your father's ability to determine patterns within chaos, his fortune would have never been achieved. The Mercers are huge boosters of the right-wing movements. The family's fierce privacy makes it hard to pin down their exact net worth. But CNBC and Forbes estimate Bob Mercer's wealth, which comes from his hedge fund, may be in the hundreds of millions, maybe over a billion dollars. The known paradox among the billionaire class, such as the villainous Koch family, is the effort to tear down the establishment when it was within and because of the so-called establishment they amassed their fortunes. This is not the case for the Mercers. They're not multi-generational elites who inherited their wealth, at least not in the case of Bob. Bob did just fine in his career at IBM prior to being wooed by famed hedge fund billionaire Jim Simons, 
to join his firm, Renaissance Technologies. The quick backstory on Renaissance is that Jim, a mathematician and entrepreneur, basically figured out a way to beat the system using algorithms and computing power long before Wall Street figured out how to do it. The key is that they really don't rely on fundamentals. They rely on signals and patterns of trading. Their algorithms are so sophisticated and lightning fast that they read and predict these patterns, spot anomalies, and move massive sums in and out of trading so fucking fast that you'd barely know they held a position. Their algorithms predict, the money moves, and like that, they're gone. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And like that, he's gone. Simons had figured out how to do this in the commodities and fixed income markets, but equities, they were a little more complicated. They behaved differently. That's why he reached out to Bob Mercer, who was already known to be a fucking genius, and brought him to Renaissance from IBM. It only took Mercer two years to create an algorithm that times anomalies in the equities markets. P&Ls, earnings per share, cash on hand, none of it mattered. Fundamentals flew out the window. It wasn't about building anything. It wasn't about value investing or growth investing, just gaming the system and making money from money. One rule of Wall Street, nobody, okay, if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett, nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in fucking circles, least of all stockbrokers. Mm -hmm. It's all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? No. Fugazi. It's a fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's never landed. It is no matter. It's not on the elemental chart. It, it's not fucking real. To give you some insight into how good they really are, their core fund, called the Medallion Fund, has annualized returns of 39% since it was established in 1982. The most amazing part is how it performs when the rest of the world falls to shit. In 2000, it was up 98%. In 2008, it was up 82%. And this past year, in 2020, it was up 76%. If you're wondering why everyone doesn't invest in it, well, that's the world of hedge funds. Not everyone can. And Medallion, in particular, has been a closed fund for years. So, just doing some quick back-of-the-napkin math here. If you invested 10000 in the Medallion Fund in 1982 and had an annual rate of return of 39%, then you... I'm going to have five and carry another 300 minus the four minus delta gamma pi cosine divided by 52 lashes and smack on the ass. Today, you would have $2.7 billion. Not bad for a couple of math geeks from Long Island. Yo, South Shore, son, representing Strong Island, bro. Billionaires of yesteryear tend to hold some deep connection to the established ways of the world. Even those who climb to the top through questionable ethical means tend to devote enormous sums of money into maintaining institutions in academia, the sciences, and the arts. When Rebecca Mercer was appointed to the board of the Museum of Natural History, an internal revolt ensued over her funding of anti-climate change groups and quiet insistence that the museum, you know, curtail some of the messaging on its displays. Can you just move the dinosaurs to the basement and, and change every exhibit to a start date of Jesus's birth? That'd be great. Funding such institutions is also what makes normal billionaires somewhat problematic. Not only do they tend to divert funds into maintaining the financial loopholes that allow them to amass incredible wealth, 
They also help prop up institutions in a way that stifles progress and equity. They're the biggest proponents of the status quo, because the status quo tends to be pretty fucking awesome for them. Then there's the new class of billionaires, the ones that came to power through financial market manipulation and rely on the most powerful aspects of the markets, volatility. As one former Renaissance Technologies employee said in a very rare interview speaking out against Bob Mercer, quote, the ultra wealthy of today differ from the ultra wealthy in the past eras in that they have, a lot of them, no stake in the infrastructure of society, end quote. In fact, he goes on to say that their wealth doesn't depend on the health and stability of the country. They get rich on volatility and instability. It's just money. It's made up. Pieces of paper with pictures on it so we don't have to kill each other just to get something to eat. It takes time for a heart to harden. It would seem that you have been exposed to your father's dim and insidious view of the world since birth. But your capacity to wield influence in service of our collective destruction is rather new. Think of your years at Stanford, your time in private industry, as mother to your four children. You've lived a rich life outside of the chaos you've sown, and there are gifts all around you to nurture and to cherish. Your financial station in life is assured, my darling Rebecca, but most of us do not share this certainty, and we need your help. Eventually, Bob was asked to leave the hedge fund he helped build. Bannon wound up on the outs with Rebecca after it was revealed that he was the primary leaker in the Trump White House. The White House itself began to fall apart, and the Mercers eventually even cut ties with Trump, refusing to help him with his re-election campaign. Is it possible they recognized the error of their ways? Mm, considering Bob Mercer started a conservative political action committee called Blacks for a Better America, but was recorded as saying the Civil Rights Act took away incentives for black people to work hard and that the only racist people left in America are black? I would say no. I don't think so. Curiously, however, it did seem the Mercers had little interest in running their new shiny toy, the U.S. government. They barely blinked when their inside team was ousted, paid no attention to Trump when he needed re-election help, and have slinked further into the shadows, letting their money do the dirty work. But as a recent article in The Intercept reveals, the Mercers are far from done. Now I'm just getting warmed up. Their money continues to flow through organizations like Donors Trust, which donated $1.5 million to a white nationalist hate group that floated theories that the election was stolen and the Government Accountability Institute, whose director went on Hannity to claim there was massive fraud in the election. They're the primary donors behind several GOP officials who actively rallied supporters to march on the Capitol. Supporters who flocked to a new means of communication that would allow them to spew their views without fear of censorship. The Democratic chair of the House Oversight Committee is calling on the FBI to investigate Parler's potential role in the deadly U.S. Capitol attack. That's right. Parler, the possibly defunct social networking platform that took in massive amounts of disenfranchised alt-right and conservative Americans from Facebook, that's a Mercer-backed invention. What are we to do with billionaires who figured out how to manipulate data and transform behavior to stoke mass violence? Billionaires who believe black people are lazy and shouldn't be granted equal rights. Billionaires who have promoted conspiracy theories on viciously perverted information outlets and social platforms. 
billionaires who believe they owe nothing to the institutions that support the very framework of our nation because their fortunes were amassed by literally profiting off their collapse. I'm I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! No, honey bunny. We're not executing anyone. That's not our style. Though I do believe your father is a lost cause, Rebecca. And here's the thing that he and you and your sisters, everyone, will come to understand. That in just a matter of years, your father is going into the ground like everyone else, where insects and bacteria will consume his flesh and make him indistinguishable from the other billions of particles leaching and bleeding out from rotting corpses. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. And die. It's not within my power to send you ghosts of Christmas past and present, but I can paint a picture of the future. We're all dead. You, your family, everyone you know. Everyone dies. What's unknown is whether we'll leave behind a habitable planet or a functioning economic and social system. So how do you want to be remembered? Forget your father for a moment. Surely preservation of wealth for you and your children must be on your mind. Most people who have achieved such tremendous wealth begin to think in terms of legacy, posterity. They name buildings, fund truly philanthropic endeavors. But if you continue on this path, there will be no buildings to name, no outstretched arms seeking philanthropy. There will simply be nothing. Each day is more gray than the one before. It is cold and growing colder as the world slowly dies. No animals have survived and all the crops are long gone. I cannot allow myself to believe that your vision for us all is dystopia. That's not you. It can't be. So my offer, Rebecca, my love, is this. Redemption. All will be forgiven. We'll tell stories of your bravery and kindness, all while continuing to respect your privacy. And we'll pass along stories from generation to generation of a brilliant young woman who had the strength of character to break from the emotional shackles of her upbringing and redeem her family name through acts of charity and kindness. Our children's children will tell tales of the Mercer sisters who flouted the conventions of aristocracy to build a better world. The equestrian, the gambler, and you, dear Rebecca, the builder. It's a good offer. And on behalf of all the unfuckers, we await your reply. Here endeth the lesson.